three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Have You Seen Me seamlessly picks up where Gossip Girl leaves off, but with more sex, more lies, and more dead bodies a la How to Get Away with Murder and You. When a coveted member of a group of entitled yet ambitious 20-somethings goes missing, their deadly secret is threatened to be exposed. But the real question is, who will be next? Read Have You Seen Me by creator Candy Washington on Amazon Kindle Vela or listen and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. Where your host, writer, actor and producer Candy Washington helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go. Welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. As always, I am your host, Candy Washington, and I am so honored to help you lead a more joyful life. And before we dive into today's episode, which is debunking five myths about the healing process, that's right, we're going to get these lies, these myths out of here so we can continue to glow up mentally, physically, and spiritually, and emotionally. So before we dive in, If you need some extra support, you can always book some one-on-one coaching with me. You can grab our Create Your Dream Life course. You can pick up the self-love journal. And of course, join us over on Facebook. Our group is the Lux Life VIP group. And join me on Instagram at Candy Washington. But if you are just enjoying this free and valuable content, then just go ahead and subscribe to my channel, subscribe to the podcast, give us a like and share, 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 because your journey to self-love and self-worth is always better with a little bit of support. So with that, let's dive into today's episode, which is debunking five myths about the healing process. So let's start with what is the healing process? Like we talk about it in self-love, we talk about it in wellness and all that great stuff, but what exactly is the healing process? I can only speak for myself when it comes to this, but to me, the healing process is remembering who we really are. It's remembering that we're worthy, that we're valuable, that we're loved, that there is divinity that lives within us, that we're all connected, that there is nothing that can separate us from, to me, it's God. Again, it's not about religion, but to me, it's God. Some people call it source, energy, light, whatever you want to call it, right? But that there's nothing that can separate you. And again, I'll say God, but use whatever word feels better for you that can separate you from God's love. To me, that is what the healing process is. It's remembering our intrinsic value and worth and lovability and that nothing can separate you from God's love, that you are always loved, you are always supported, and you are always enough. And to me, the healing process is remembering that, getting back to that no matter what happened to you, no matter what didn't happen to you, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've don't haven't done no matter what you have no matter what you don't have what you look like what you don't look like none of that can ever separate you from God's love and to me that's the healing process it's remembering that so now let's 
debunk <laughs> some myths about the healing process. Well, actually, you know what? Let's take another step back. So I told you what to me the healing process was, right? But maybe let's talk about what does the healing process look like? How do you actually heal? So a couple of things that we do to heal. Some people go to therapy to work it out. Some people get a life coach or go to counseling. You know, some people do trauma work. Some people meditate and visualize and journal and talk through it, you know. So there's a lot of things that people do in order to get onto the healing process, in order to, you know, be on their healing journey. There's a lots of different things to do. I personally would recommend, I'm a huge advocate of therapy. I think you should get a licensed professional to work with you, whether it's a life coach, whether it's a counselor, whether it's a spiritual leader, whether it's a therapist or a psychologist. And then you can find out what is your individual unique plan for your healing process. Because I really think that's the best way to do it. Get some guidance, get some support, and then figure out what works best for you. Because meditating might be great for me and my healing process, how I connect to my inner self, how I connect to my intuition. You know, prayer might be great for me, you know, how I talk to God and get the guidance. But maybe that's not what's right for you. There's a lot of different, some people go to sound baths, right? So there's a lot of different things that you can do on your healing journey. So I think the best thing to do is to find someone that you really trust, who is a professional, who can guide you in creating what is your personalized healing plan. You know, visualizing doesn't work for everybody. Journaling doesn't work for everybody. Scripting doesn't work for everybody, right? Some people might have to work on creating healthy boundaries. Some people are really great at healthy boundaries, but they might not be so good at X, Y, and Z. So that is what I would say. Get some support, get a professional, and really be open to creating your own individualized healing plan to know what works for you. I know for me, I listen to a lot of podcasts. You know, I listen to codependency podcasts. I listen to relationship podcasts. I listen to uh, uh, podcasts about being um, empath. I think I'm a very empathetic person. So I just really educated myself on that, you know, all of that stuff. So your healing process to me is really just remembering that you are never separate from God's love, that God always loves you. You are always enough and there's nothing that you can do or not do to separate you from that. And then that is what sustains you having a loving relationship with yourself, taking care of yourself, being able to have healthy boundaries, being able to say no, attracting healthy relationships, attracting wealth and money, attracting a career that fulfills you. Because usually when we're operating from thinking that we're not lovable, that we're not supported, that we're not enough, that's when things in our life don't work out. But if you're operating from a place of, I know I am always unconditionally loved. I know I am always unconditionally supported. I know that there's no mistake too big or too small that I can make that can separate me from that divine love. When you operate from that divine power within you, that is when you become limitless. That is when you become unstoppable. That is when you get to play and have fun being a human being, having your emotions, making mistakes, messing up losing everything, getting everything, it becomes a game and it becomes fun. Because you know that no matter what you do in this human experience, it can never take away from the divinity that lives within you. 
because I truly believe that we are divine beings having a human experience. And we're supposed to have fun with it. We're supposed to learn from it. We're supposed to have a new level of consciousness. We're supposed to enjoy it, right? Life is for the living. And so I think the healing process teaches us that on this human experience, nothing that can happen can separate us from the divinity that lives within us, from God's divine love. And that healing process is the thing. And then the healing process itself is all of those tools, the self-care, the meditating, the journaling, the working through your traumas, all of that stuff, right? Okay. So now let's jump into some myths about the healing process. The first one is you have to have a big T trauma in order to be um, in order to be in need of healing, right? There's sort of this myth that like, oh well, I've never had a big T trauma. I've never had, you know, I grew up in a great household. Like I never had, you know, you know the big T stuff. Like I never got in a big accident, or I wasn't, you know, abandoned by a parent, or I wasn't assaulted physically. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I haven't had any, like, I haven't had a big death in my family or an unexpected thing happen. You know, there's all these big T traumas, these big disasters, these big crises that we all think of when we think of a traumatic experience, right? We think it has to be this big, bad, horrible assault or a horrible thing that has happened in order for us to be in need of healing. And that is simply not true. Small T trauma happens every day. And I don't, care who you are. I don't care how rosy you think your childhood was. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. I don't care what your last name is. I don't care where you came from. Every human being on this planet has suffered some form of trauma. Point blank period. It's like you don't get you don't get out of life alive or whatever the saying is. You don't get through life without trauma. Little traumas could be, it's just when any, trauma to me is when anything that happens unexpectedly, that sort of knocks you off your kilter. It sort of shakes up what you think your reality is. It sort of shakes up, you know, your normal, your norm. Like a little trauma could even be, say you are eight and you are at school And your mom always picks you up every single day on the dot from school, like clockwork. You know, you're not allowed to walk home. I'll pick you up. And say one day your mom forgets to pick you up. Doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, you're like, that's not traumatic. That's not a big T. That that kid wasn't kidnapped. That kid wasn't bullied. That kid wasn't, you know, whatever the big T's we think of. But as a child... To have your parent forget you when you've had this pattern of normalcy can really knock you off your kilter. It can be, it can make you feel fearful. It can make you feel unsure. It can make you feel like you didn't matter. And then what if the parent doesn't acknowledge those feelings because to the parent, it's just, oh, I was running late at the grocery store, you know, and I, now I'm going to go pick up Timmy from school. But to Timmy's little eight-year-old brain, who's, it's been ingrained, Mom's going to get you. Mom's going to get you. You can't walk home. It's big and scary out there. And then all of a sudden, it's big and scary. You have to walk home and mom's not there. That's a traumatic experience. That could lead you to thinking, people forget me. I don't matter. 
the world is really scary. And if your parent, to no fault of their own, maybe, again, she was at the grocery store, ran late, came pick you up, but never had the conversation of, are you, are you okay, Timmy? Like, I'm so sorry I wasn't here to get you on time. You know, you must have been really scared. You know, I'm sorry if you were scared or whatever. Little Timmy might then go on thinking, when I am afraid, it doesn't matter. When I am afraid, no one is there to comfort me, which of course isn't the actual truth because all of us are just humans. We're going on our day, but in our child minds, we give meaning to things. We have to. It's how we survive. It's how we're understanding the world. It's how we stay safe, right? So, of course, the reality of the situation is there was really nothing to fear. Of course, Timmy is loved and supported. You know, of course, some community spirits matter. But if those feelings aren't addressed, if those feelings aren't communicated, our little brains will give them meaning. And the meaning it will give it will be something that will try and keep us safe. And then little Timmy will grow up. And then you have those beliefs play out in his adult life of, when I'm scared, it doesn't matter. No one is there to support me. The world is big and scary. I always get left behind. People break their promises. And so if that is what Timmy is thinking, and if that is Timmy's limiting belief, then of course, that's what is going to play out in little Timmy's world. So don't think just because you haven't had some big, scary, huge T trauma that we all know, like, you know, there was a really abusive parent, or maybe there was some other type of physical sexual abuse, or there was like a big, like, big bullying incident that you can really go to, even little bullying throughout the day, just little slide remarks, being dismissed, being forgotten, being disregarded, that's all trauma. So don't think that just because you haven't had one of these classic big T's, that your feelings don't matter, that your hurt doesn't matter, that the trauma you experience doesn't matter, right? Your trauma doesn't have to be a big T trauma and your trauma doesn't have to look like somebody else's trauma in order for it to be traumatic to you. So if things are showing up in your life, you know, don't wait for a big crisis, just go talk to someone. Go flush it out, right? Don't think you have to wait to go to therapy or wait to get a life coach or wait to get a spiritual practice until something big happens that forces you into it. Because usually, I think I think Oprah said it, you know, life will throw you a little pebble and you don't listen and then a bigger, you know, a bigger rock and you don't listen until you have a boulder shot at you. So don't wait until you're in this big crisis to start your healing process. Because I guarantee you, if you are a human being on this planet, there is some type of trauma that you have. There is something going on with you, right? So don't compare your traumas. Don't think you don't deserve healing. You don't deserve support. You don't deserve to talk about the things that hurt you or bothered you. Because you do. The second myth is that the healing process is a quick one-time thing and then once you're magically healed right then you will hey yes hey can we go hey everybody yeah you're doing a lot today so 
Come on in. Okay, so the second um, healing myth that's debunked is that the healing process is a quick one-time thing. And that once you're magically healed, you're never going to be triggered again. That is a lie. I'll tell you from my own personal experience and anybody who's done the work and they've done it in an honest, authentic way, that is a lie. I don't want to speak limitations. So I'm, I don't, I don't want to say everybody's healing process isn't quick or fast. Maybe some people do heal really quickly. If they do, that's great. But what I do want to say is that give yourself grace and compassion and time. Everybody's healing process and journey is different. And this kind of goes into to number three, but we'll get there. So I think there's this sort of myth, what we're talking about, that once you're healed, you do it once and it's done. You meditate for a week, you're done. You visualize for a week, you're done. You go to therapy for a couple of sessions, you're done. You um, do breath work, you're done. You you pray and you're done. And yeah, you take an art class and you're done. Whatever it is, right? I will tell you this. I think the healthiest perspective to have when it comes to your healing process is understanding that now it becomes a lifestyle. Now it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes a lifestyle of checking in with yourself. How do I feel? How do I need? What, what do I need? How can I meet my own um, needs and wants? How can I take care of myself in this moment? How can I prioritize my own well-being in this moment? To me, the healing process has to become a lifestyle. It's not, oh, I'm healed. Never going to be triggered again. You will be triggered again. Again, I don't want to speak limitations, but people get re-triggered. Even from things you, you might think, oh, I thought I healed that my, you know, my abandonment issues. Oh, I thought I healed my anxious attachment style. Oh, I thought I healed from that trauma I had. Just because you get re-triggered by something or just because a, a pattern emerges does not take away from the work that you've done. It does not take away from how healed you are. It's just a couple of things. It's one, life. Life. Life happens. So you can be doing the work. You can be healing yourself. You can be taking care of yourself. And sometimes shitty stuff just happens. And sometimes when something shitty happens, it triggers you. And that is okay. The trick now is knowing I've been working on myself. I've been healing this. And I now have the tools to meet this moment differently. So it's not about judging yourself and being like, oh, what did I do to manifest this shitty experience? Like, I hate, I really don't believe all that stuff where it's just like, oh, well, something bad happened. So you attracted it and it's your fault. It's like, no, sometimes shitty things just happen. Like sometimes bad things just happen. It doesn't mean that I did anything to cause this. Doesn't mean it's my fault. Doesn't mean I manifested it. It just means sometimes things don't go your way. But now you have the tools to navigate when those things happen differently because you've been working on yourself and because you've been on your healing journey. So now you can look at this thing and say, you know what? I'm not going to blame myself for this. 
I'm going to empower myself for this. If there was anything that I did do to cause this, I know that I can correct it. I can forgive myself and I can move differently going forward. If there was nothing I could do to cause this and it, and it, and it happened, well, I'm going to still forgive myself. I'm going to still give myself grace. And I'm still going to use my tools. I'm going to talk to someone about it. I'm going to self-soothe. I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to go take a class. I'm going to go play an instrument. I'm going to go meditate. I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to do whatever feels good to me. I'm going to do what is in my control to feel better and to navigate this situation differently. So you don't spiral into depression. So you don't spiral into anxiety. So you don't spiral into despair. So you don't then return to unhealthy coping mechanisms. You're not going to indulge in, you know, over drinking, overeating, using, you know, illegal substances or under eating or, you know, uh, using sex as a coping mechanism or any of those things. Now you know that you are empowered with healthy tools to take care of yourself during the times in life that will inevitably happen. Again, I don't want to speak limitations, but I just want to prepare us for life. So the healing process and the spiritual process and our wellness process is not about frou-frou, la-la, rainbows, and having your head in the sand. It's about saying, I am a spiritual being having this human experience and a part of the human experience is that sometimes things go wrong some things don't work out but i know that i am empowered with the tools to get through it i know i'm empowered with the perspective of i may not like what's happening i may not understand what's happening but i know at the end of the day everything works out in my favor so i'm just going to accept that this happened and i'm going to choose to move differently. I'm going to choose to look at it differently. And I'm going to choose to navigate navigate through it differently. Accepting something doesn't mean you're complacent. It doesn't mean you think I'm accepting this bad thing happened. It's not saying I accept that this is going to be permanent. It's just saying I'm no longer resisting reality. This is just what happened. But I know that things can change and I know that this is not permanent and I know that things can get better and I know that I can make things better in my life and I know how to take care of myself. So the healing process isn't like, let's get through it, one and done. Nothing bad is ever going to happen again. I'm never going to be triggered again because I'm healed. No, it's I'm empowered. So no matter what life throws my way, I'm going to get through it. And at the end of it, I'm going to be better for it because I'm empowered through my healing. And that's how it becomes a lifestyle. That's why it's a mindset, right? I'm empowered through my healing. So no matter what happens, I can get through it and I can take care of myself. It's not, I'm healed. Nothing now will ever happen. Mm -mm. No, thank you, ma'am, ma'am. The third myth is that healing looks the same for everyone. So <laughs> healing process, spirituality, wellness, all this stuff, it, it's been a little commercialized, right? Like they think it's go on a yoga retreat, you know, go vegan, um, you know, gluten-free, you know, whatever. And all those things are great. And I'm not knocking that or minimalizing that if that's your lifestyle choice and that's your lifestyle choice. However, 
I would prefer that within the wellness space, individuality was normalized. Uniqueness was normalized. Personal journeys was normalized because it's almost like anything that get that gets commercialized, it becomes herd mentality. Oh, we all have to go to this yoga retreat and let's go on this silent retreat and let's all just do plant-based and just meditate all day. And like, you know, it's going to be great. Like, let's go get some facials. Let's go to the spa. Like, let's do a sound bath. All of that is great. Actually, all of that sounds wonderful and I want to do all of it, okay? Not going to lie. However, <laughs> when it comes to the core of it, it's like I said at the beginning, get support from a professional that you know, like, and trust to create a healing plan or self-care plan or whatever you want to call it that is personalized to you. Because the healing process should not be commercialized. It should not be herd mentality. It should not be glamorized. It should not be how much money you're spending on something. It should not be how much weight you're losing on this diet or whatever it is, right? It shouldn't be any of that. It should be how am I cultivating a loving relationship with myself? How am I remembering that I am never separate from the divine's love? And that doesn't cost anything. Doesn't matter what you eat. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter where you go. That is all an inside job. That is all internal. That is all nothing to change but self. All of those things are great and fun. And I partake in a lot of them. And I love them. And I always will. Like, who doesn't want facial? I do. But when I get to the core of it, the, the realness of it, that real healingness of it. It is about your individual internal journey to loving yourself without apology, without asking for permission, and to knowing that you are always, and I mean always, loved by the divine. And how you get there is unique and individual to each person. So this thought that you have to do it this way or that there's a guru that's going to teach you how to get there or that it looks like this or it's glamorized like this. And if you're not doing it this way, then you're not doing it right. If you haven't had this enlightened experience, then you're not doing it right. Oh, my God, you don't meditate. Can't believe it. You're not doing it right. No. There's no right, there's no wrong. It simply is what works for you. So don't feel intimidated by toxic positivity because that's a huge thing too. Oh my God, you guys, we have to be boss babes. We have to do it all. That's toxic positivity. You know, no sad days, no off days. That's toxic positivity. All of that stuff. No, miss me with all of that. What works for me to learn how to love me? What works for me to learn how to connect with the divine? Doesn't have to cost you a dime. You can get free therapy. There's free therapy apps. I'm sure you could find life coaches. 
you can do YouTube channels of people that you um, trust. Make sure you trust the person. And again, let me say this. I want to make this also very clear when I talk about this. I don't care who you go to for support, whether it's a YouTuber, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a spiritual leader. I don't care who it is. Trust your gut always. If your intuition is telling you that there's something off or, and again, it doesn't have to mean that they have any ill intent. There are some people out there who are scammers and cuckoo for Cocoa Pops and they're preaching all of these things. You got to watch out for that. Really do. But there's also people who are just telling you what they believe to be true, what has worked for them, what has worked for their clients, and they're, and they have great intent. So regardless if the person has good intent or ill intent, get so tuned into your own intuition that if anything feels off, me included, my intentions are great because I know myself. However, I'm just speaking from my knowledge. So you have to always remember that you are the singular authority on you. So if anything that someone says to you doesn't feel good, doesn't resonate, and I don't mean resistance because sometimes healing and elevating, you will reap that resistance, that fear will come up, that insecurity will come up, that self-limiting belief will come up because they're trying to fight to stay there, right? So I'm not talking about that type of resistance. I'm talking about an actual internal intuition feeling where something just doesn't resonate with you. Don't do it. If you feel the person has ill intent, thank you very much. Click off. Uh, fire them or just don't go to another session. Just do whatever you need to do. Don't ever think that one person knows the way. Don't think that one person is ever the way. And also don't think that, I'm not going to say that the person's name on here, but there is a big community of people who really follow this one person. And it's a little scary at times because I just, and this is my personal opinion, my personal opinion. I always think it's really scary when a community of people idolize the person rather than the message or the philosophy behind what the person is saying. That, that always gets a little cultish, a little weird to me. So just from my own, again, this is my own personal opinion. Always remember that you can learn from people. You can like somebody's style. It can really resonate with you, but never idolize the person and never think that anybody has a different or higher or more involved channel to the divine than you do, because that's not true. You could actually do your healing process 100% on your own. You really could. You could honestly just journal on your own. You could get your own affirmations. You could start meditating. You could start praying. You could start doing the things that make you feel good. You could start self-soothing. You could do all of that on your own. You really could. Because again, a part of the healing process is remembering that you have divinity within you and you are always connected to the, to the divine. Again, I'm not talking about a religion. 
It is always in you. It is greater than you, but within you. So you have access to it. That's a part of the healing process. Remembering that you are divinely loved. You are divinely supported. You are divinely guided. The divine is within you. And you are within the divine. That's a huge part of the healing process is remembering that. Because that is the foundation of forgiving yourself, loving yourself, giving yourself grace, being compassionate toward yourself, taking care of yourself, putting your well-being first because you know who you are, you know who you be, and you know the divinity that lives within you. And you know that well-being, divinity, and abundance is your birthright simply because you're here. And you start to enjoy that divineness, that divinity, right? So don't ever think anyone has more of a connection to the divine, is a more of an authority on you than you are. Again, I'm not saying when you have healthy resistance. I know sometimes when I'm an, I, I'm an advocate for therapy. I know sometimes when I'm talking to my therapist, she will say things that will press me. And it will piss me off and it will press me. And I'm like, Argh. but that's a healthy resistance. She's saying things to push me to think differently, to get more clarity, to have a greater awareness, to work through it. That's a different type of resistance. So don't equate growing pains with this person doesn't know what they're talking about and I don't want to do this anymore. This is too difficult and hard, right? Two different things. Know when your person is pushing you because they are pushing you to a greater level of growth. And that's why they're called growing pains. And that's another thing we're going to get to for another myth being debunked versus that intuition where it says something isn't right. Trust that gut. Okay. The fourth myth that we want to debunk about the healing process is that the healing process, and it kind of goes into what I was saying before, but that the healing process is blissful and you're not allowed to be angry. (laughs) Okay. That is not true. Again, we kind of have these images of someone being here and they're in their yogi pose or they're a monk or they're a Buddha and they're namaste all day and that the healing process is just so blissful and we're just going to bliss out and it's, it's really like this smooth ride, right? Hey, man. No, that's not it. Sorry, that's not it. During the healing process, if you don't ugly cry where your nose is just full of snot, you are choking on your breath, like you're crying like you're a five-year-old in the playground and you're just uncontrollable. I'm not going to say this for everyone because again, I don't, I can't speak for everybody's journey and it's always unique, but you're not breaking through. I'm sorry. It's like a pregnant woman who doesn't have any, like, um, what are they called? Not cramps. Uh, what are they called when it starts to hurt? You have labor pains, right? Labor pains, whatever. It's like a pregnant woman giving birth who has no labor pains. I'm talking about natural. I'm not talking about epidural or any medicine. I'm talking about natural. When you are birthing a new version of yourself, when you are birthing yourself into another dimension, another level of consciousness, another level of healing, another level of awareness, 
there's going to be some type of breakthrough. And with any breakthrough, something gets broken. You are going to be crying. You're going to be angry. You're going to have to grieve all some stuff. All of it. All of it. A part of the grieving process, which is a huge part of the healing process, is anger. The trick is not getting stuck in your anger. But to have the belief that the healing process is sort of this like, oh, you're right. That did happen. And now I thought this. And now this is that wonderful. To me, is a form of denial. It's a form of denial. It's a form of denying that the healing process might cost you something. The healing process will cost you something. It's going to cost you not numbing yourself out. It's going to cost you not being in denial. It's going to cost you having to see yourself clearly. And that can be painful to see yourself clearly, to really be self-aware. At the end of it, you will be empowered. But when in the beginning of it, seeing yourself clearly can be very painful. Seeing your family clearly can be very painful. Seeing your friends clearly, your trauma clearly, your patterns clearly can be very painful. That's why it's called wounds, because they hurt. That's why it's called healing, because there was pain. So this myth that the healing process is some sort of like glorified ascension is just isn't true. It's not true. It's getting pissed off. It's being angry. It's grieving. It's snotty nose crying. It's being confused. It's feeling lost. It's wondering if you're doing it right. It's wondering if you're doing it wrong. It's questioning yourself. It's seeing yourself and others in your life clearly. Because when you start to see clearly, you're no longer numbing. You're no longer seeing things through veneers. You're no longer, you know, pretending. You're no longer living in a fantasy. All of these things that you did because you were trying to survive. All of these things that you did because you were coping. All of these things that you did because maybe the hurt, maybe the pain, maybe the truth was just too much. So the healing process will cost you losing all of that and seeing what it is. But what it will give you is a new level of awareness, a new level of empowerment, a new level of conscious creation, a new level of joy, a new level of love, a new level of inner peace, a new level of self-respect, a new level of consciousness where you are, So the healing process will cost you, but what you get is so worth it. So let go of the myth that it's some blissful spa day. It's not that. And I'll tell you a personal story. I used to believe, when it came to being authentic, right, I used to believe the myth I don't even know if it was a myth. This might have just been like a me thing and I was just completely wrong. <laughs> Let me know because this could have not even been a myth. This could have been like me just being wrong. I used to think that being authentic meant 
I am so self-actualized that nothing bothers me. I'm just my elevated, authentic self, and nothing gets to me, nothing out there, nothing anybody says. I'm just my authentic self. No, that's called delusion. It's called fantasy. That's called denial. That's not authenticity. I had to learn what being your authentic self actually meant. Being authentic doesn't mean that you have elevated to this monk-like, you know, way of being where you're just blissed out and nothing bothers you and you're just untouchable and you're just spiritually elevated. No, being your authentic self means knowing yourself, knowing what you like, knowing what you don't like, knowing what makes you happy, knowing what makes you pissed off, being loud if you want to be loud, being quiet if you want to be quiet, being extroverted, being introverted. Being your authentic self means just being you, the shadow and the light, your likes, your dislikes, what you prefer, what you don't prefer, your mistakes, your triumphs. Being authentic means this is how I feel in this moment, and I am confident confident enough in in who I am to be that. I'm confident enough to speak what I want. I'm confident enough to speak what I don't want. I'm confident enough to say yes when I want to say yes. I'm confident enough to say no when I want to say no. And who I am is in alignment with who I be. So who you see is what you get. That is authenticity. That is living with integrity. How I truly feel is what I truly say, and it's how I truly act. Good, bad, or worse, whether you like it or not. This is me. It's not in a disrespectful way. It's not in a like, I'm going to do me out. It's, it's not in any of that. It's this is who I be. Take it or leave it. Because I've already accepted it, and I've already validated it. My light is my light, and my shadow is my shadow, and I am who I am. And this is it. That is what being authentic is. And that is what the healing process will give you. Permission to be yourself. That is what authenticity is. It's realness, right? Like say you have a um, a designer purse. Has it been authenticated? What does that mean? Has it been proven to be real? That is what being authentic is. Are you being real? Are you saying yes when you mean yes? Are you saying no when you mean no? Are you being honest? And the healing process gives you permission to be real. Because you no longer think that who you are authentically is not enough. You no longer think that you can't be yourself authentically because that means someone will leave you, you'll be abandoned, you'll be laughed at, you'll be embarrassed, you won't be enough. You now know that who you are authentically, the realness of you, who you are, is enough. And it's worthy, and it's valuable, and it's deserving, and you are allowed to be yourself. 
And if anybody has a problem with that, it is their problem and not yours. That's what true authenticity is. And I had to learn that for myself. I was totally drinking the Kool-Aid. And, and this was like years ago, um, years and years ago. So that's why I speak to this stuff. I speak from my own personal experience. I speak from my own ignorance at times, my own denial at times, my own living in fantasy land at times, my own not loving myself, not knowing my worth, having low self-esteem, being a people pleaser, being codependent. So I'm speaking from life experience. The fifth myth about the healing process is that healing makes you immune to hurt and resentment. This kind of ties into what we said before about it's a one-time quick thing and you'll never get triggered again. But, this, it's, but it's a little nuanced, right? Sometimes we think that the healing process, we are now immune. And that we have to forgive. And that we'll never be resentful. I can tell you, I when it comes to forgiveness, because to me that's kind of what I mean by hurt and resentment. And that you have to forgive in order to heal. This is my own personal opinion. This is my own personal belief. You can, it can resonate, it cannot. I think the only person you ever have to forgive in order to heal is yourself. I don't think you actually have to forgive other people in order to heal. That might sound counterintuitive. It might doesn't sound like everyone's like, oh, you have to forgive. You have to forgive your, your abuser. You have to forgive your family. You have to forgive your ex. You have to forgive and forgive and forgive and blah, 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 blah. Forgiveness is for you. You know, not forgiving is like drinking poison and inspecting to the guy. You forgive them for you. I don't know. I don't know if you do have to forgive. But I would say that I think you have to always forgive yourself in order for you to truly heal. And forgiveness of yourself is, again, it's not criticizing yourself. It's not blaming yourself. It's not judging yourself or making you at fault. It's not faulting yourself at all. It's just holding compassionate space for yourself. I forgive myself for making these decisions because that's just where I was consciously. That's just what my awareness was. That's what my knowing was. I forgive myself for going back to toxic relationships. That was just a pattern I was in. I forgive myself for ever believing that I wasn't worthy. I forgive myself for believing the lie that I wasn't good enough. I forgive myself for believing that I didn't deserve respect. I forgive myself for putting, in my, for putting myself in harm's way. I forgive myself for thinking that something that happened was my fault. So I think you have to forgive yourself in order to heal. But the jury is out for me on whether or not you need to forgive other people. But let me clean up what I mean by that. When I say you don't have to forgive, I don't mean you hold on to resentment. You hold on to the past. You heard, You hold on to the story. You hold on to the pain. You hold on to the trauma. You hold on to the blame and the shame of it. I'm not saying that. I think you have to drop the story. You have to drop 
living in the past. You have to drop the pain. You have to drop that stuff. You have to work through it, right? But I think you can drop it, but still not extend forgiveness. That's just where I'm at with it. Maybe that will change for me. Maybe it won't. But let me know your thoughts on it. Put it in the comment box. Let me know your thoughts on that. I truly believe the only person you have to forgive in order to heal is yourself. You have to let go of the past. You have to let go of the story. You have to no longer give that person the power. But I'm not sure that means that's forgiveness. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think in the comment box. All right, let's see what you're saying. Hey, Kamiko. Hey, Karmic Expressions was emotional healing is about recouping power lost. Yep. It can, it can cost a lot. It can cost nothing. It only requires commitment, self-love, persistence, truth, and acknowledgement. I totally agree. I totally agree. But I think it, it I think when I say it costs, I think, I think it does cost something. It costs you changing your awareness, changing your perspective, seeing things clearly. That is a cost. Because you no longer get to hide in the comfort of dysfunction, of chaos, of denial, of unhealthy coping mechanisms. It does come at a cost. Not monetarily, but that emotional and mental cost, right? But I totally agree with you. That was really good um, karmic expressions. Thank you so much. Hey, you guys, there you have it. Those are my five myths about the healing process that is debunked. And I want to hear your thoughts on the forgiveness piece. I'm, I'm, I might still be working that through, but I really think the person you have to forgive is yourself. You take away anybody else's power, but we'll see. And let me know what your thoughts are and let me know where are you on your healing process. And if you need any support on that, you can book a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me. Everything is linked below. You can grab the Create Your Dream Life course. Please join us in our Facebook group. We are intimate right now, but we are growing. So go ahead and get yourself in there. You can also get the uh, Journey to Self-Love journal and so many more goodies. You can shop our merch below. Everything is linked. And head over to Instagram at Candy Washington. Give me a follow. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a thumbs up and share with a friend because your journey to self-love and self-worth is always better with a little bit of support. So until next time, guys. I love you. Oh, hey, Young Rich. It's a great show. Thank you, sweetheart. So until next time, guys, take care of yourself and each other. Bye. Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer, Candy Washington, helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go.